0: Right, so um, again and again, something has been recurrent and I'm sure that anyone that's listening to this episode would have an idea that you are a really brilliant, sharp, you were a good student, correct? I or try,
1: I, I try. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: and, then, and then it kind of makes me kind of wonder as to be ever failed before at anything. If yes, how were you able to undo it? If no, are you afraid of failure?
1: Ah. (laughs) Mm. So, no, I've not failed. And I'm scared of failure. To the point that is scaring me. What is scaring me is that, you know, if you listen to to all these motivational speakers, they'll be like, oh, that failure is a stepping stone to success. You know, you learn from your failures and all that, blah, blah, blah. There's no way that anybody has not failed, that kind of thing. I think I was listening to somebody, a South African businessman. They're asking him, oh, what he looks out for in entrepreneurs that he wants to mentor and all that and it's like the first thing you looks like for somebody that has failed before that it shows that you're doing something that there's no way you would do something and you will not have failed at one thing and i'm looking at myself to be sure you are normal like this mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. it should be like it i don't understand myself so maybe this is what everybody's literally saying there's no way that you go through life without failing at something so maybe my own failure is like gathering somewhere waiting for me it's like packing into something huge it's not hit me hard I don't know so that's what I'm scared of I'm like if you want to come better come now (laughs) because I don't want something that is unbearable to meet me somewhere in the future so and I think about it um I've not Okay, the most popular one, jam that people write jam two times to it. I only wrote just one jam, only one. I wrote to a Pusyemi and I got into the damn school, you know. I and it was almost almost easy, you know. I I thought maybe that's i just happened, but I know that's not it because I know my sister also had to like stay one year. I know friends that stayed several years, and I know I understand that it is not something that you just say oh because you're brilliant you get it. I I used to say it's luck because I don't have to explain it again um in school while in uni you carry over missing scripts you cannot escape it really like i have friends that they had missing script they had to rewrite the course um we had borrowed courses that were the issues with us in my department my departmental courses were sweet but then when you have to um, offer borrowed courses you know most people fail and have carryovers in their borrowed courses in fact the guy that ended up being our best graduating student in my during my set he had like one carryover or two or something like that and when he rewrote it he now passed and his result but me I had not I, I did not fail anything like I did not have any course to go write any carryover i did not have any missing script for any reason in, in fact one course that people were failing and the lecturer was so strict that if you miss one assignment you're gone me it was not even just assignment i missed i missed the whole quiz i was not even in school when the quiz happened results came out i was the only one that had ai do not i didn't i don't know how it happened people were not like oh you had it how did you do it i said i don't know <laughs> i be like, what do you mean? You don't know? I say, I really do not know. I do not understand what happened. So, and these these things keep shocking me. My last exam, the very last exam I wrote in school, I was very sure I was going to fail that course, and it was my mind was beating because I'm like, we have never failed in my life. It's not final year. That I want to fail and i have extra year, and it did not help matters. You know, it's final year, so we have done graduation, we have done all this final year party, but result is yet to come out. I'm like, hey. Hope is not after doing parts now, I will not come and fail. God, I was I was so scared. The result came out much later. In fact, no, the result did not come out actually. Because it was when we're not applying for NYSC that my name came out. So I knew, oh, I must have cleared my courses for my name to come out for NYSC. Then years later, during and when I was seven I think when I was almost done with service, I applied for my transcript. It was not for my transcript I saw the result of that particular exam I was scared about. I had C. Like, you <laughs> I thought I was literally going to have F. I had C in it. And I i was literally convinced that maybe this man dashed me mark Maybe it was like, ah, oh, this person I can feel in fine. Let me just dash her mark, let her go. So I don't know. I'm still scared that something is going to happen in the future that it will not be, the failure will not be unbearable because I do have experience in, in failure. And maybe the closest thing I would have would be application rejections, maybe you apply for jobs and you don't get in. But I mean, I think that one is pretty much normal for everybody, but something that is like severe failure I've not had and I don't know, I'm scared. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, mean, I guess like um, even application is a form of failure and I don't yeah. I, don't, I don't, I'm not really a believer in the fact that you read you really need to fail big before you succeed anyways. So okay. Fingers crossed for when you blow up. Remember this interview to be.
1: It say blow. <laughs> it doesn't even help that I'm not really an optimistic person. So that's why I'm always thinking of oh, when is this failure thing finally going to happen? When is something going to go wrong? And you are still going through life, nothing has gone wrong. And I'm like, it's of me to like enjoy the moment. To be like, yes, I've never failed. I'm like, it's it's not exciting to me. It's actually scary to me that, like, because I'm like, yo, something bad is going to happen. So something bad. I'm always thinking about it, and that don't know, just never happens.
0: I beg, just reset that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but i'm kind of wondering why on earth did you study geology i I guess like the average nigerian secondary school student probably do not even know that that course exists and you said you are the one that put it in how on earth did you did you get to know that course and thought like it's gonna be good for me
1: it's me that said myself okay so me talking about like i i knew i knew how to be good and all that i knew how to be a good student but then there was this particular course i was excep- exceptionally good at like you i was the i was the best math student i knew like wake me up from sleep like i'm sleeping i did not study go can write maths exam i would go write it and i like, score higher than everybody maths came easy to me very easy like i understood the concept i knew where to apply the rules and like math was fine okay. really so math was my thing like my class my classmates knew mathematics to be living for her that kind of thing so you know i still have this little proud moment now that even in our secondary school group chat somebody will come and ask a question like a mathematics question People be like, oh, guy ask Toby. Toby come online and come and answer, or oh, Toby's not online. Send it to a DM so that when she comes. So like when even till now, your classmates are still like they know. <laughs> so like I have like this little proud moment. And so math has always been my thing. And um, yeah, I loved I I loved math. It was easy. In fact, there was one time, and I was I was a pretty much a little bit disorganized. You know, I don't use to copy notes in school. <laughs> I don't use a copy notes. So one time. And, OK, let's say the notes that were bulky, maybe something like, uh, which notes is bulky? Home economics and all those notes. But something like math notes, math had no notes. It was just numbers. So why will your math note not be complete? My math note don't used, to, don't used to be complete, you know, because I hated copy notes. I did not understand the idea behind copy notes. Like, in my mind, I'm like, OK, fine. Why are we in school? To come and read book, understand it, write the exam and pass a day. So if I can maybe understand whatever the teacher is saying and write it in an exam and pass, why do I need to copy this damn note? I don't need it. It's in my head. I don't need to copy this note. I'm that lazy. So, but then we need to submit notes and stuff. So I would go give my notes to junior students to copy for me. So there was this day, we finished writing math test. Then the math teacher came to class and I'm like, shoot, my math note is not here. Went to start looking for the junior student. I give my note to copy. And, um, whether well, she forgot the notes. <laughs> so I, after like looking everywhere and hostel was locked. I could not, we could not go to hostel to bring my notes. So I came back to the math class empty handed, disorganized, no notes. As I came inside the class, they were looking at me. I'm like, what did I do again? What the hell? My classmates were not pointing. So I look at that there. Look at that. I'm like, hey, maybe because I left the class. So they were looking for who has that seat and I'm not there. Maybe I'm in trouble. Be fine. And I looked at the message, I was smiling. I'm like, okay, fine, somebody explain what's happening. And I was like, yes, this is the only person that got 30 over 30 in class. Like she got everything, all of you. I'm like, oh, that's like, as if I did not know before that I was going to get everything. <laughs> so math has always been my thing. But in SS, when I entered, is it SS2, SS3? I, I started getting tired of maths. I realized I did not love math. I did not actually love it. I it came easy. So it was something that was easy for me. It was something I could do. It was something I enjoyed the attention that came from being able to do it like almost effortlessly. But like love for it, I did not love it. You know, I didn't have passion for it. Something that I I would not even like put in effort to read it. I'm like, you whatever. So uh, I, yeah it was good Maths came easy but I needed something more I knew if I was going to study something in school that I had to feel something towards it I did not feel anything towards math I just loved the attention I just loved that I would score everything and it would make me happy that yes I'm better than everybody so I started thinking okay I need something that I would love you know, at a point when I was getting the attention from mathematics, I thought, oh, I would go and study this thing in university. So at the point I was actually going to study mathematics in university, but at SS3, I had to stop myself. I'm like, you know what? This whole math thing, we're killing it. So no more studying mathematics in university. So what else? What can we do? So it was at that point I started thinking, what can I study? What, what, what course interests me in the littlest way? You know, um, and even me being in science class, I was not passionate about science, sciences. They were easy, I mean, maths had the numbers, I was good at it, physics, I mean, a little bit of calculation. Um, chemistry was bearable. whatever. Biology, I did not like it, but what can we do? So I was just there. Why I did not go for art classes that you had all those long notes, government, history, I cannot copy notes, I'm like, I'm not even doing that. So I'm like, okay, fine. I'm re- I'm writing the sciences. So what can I do from this place? The whole the main science courses: physics, chemistry, biology. They were just there. So no, mathematics. That would have been my thing. I now told myself I'm not doing it again because what is is easy and I did not love it. <laughs> I'm like, okay, fine. Everything is cancelled. What else do I have? I was left with agri science, geography, was I think economics. I mean, I already knew economics was like a commercial course, so no. Agric science, I knew my heart of hearts is over. I mean, I love my agric teacher. it's my favorite person in the world, but it's this this course is over, I know. So I was left with geography. I was looking at this course, was looking at me back. My geography, I, I did not do so well in geography, but... Um, I mean, the course was talking about relatable things. You would hear about mountains, rivers, population, human settlements and all that. So there were things I could relate to. They were interesting. Then my geography teacher was a joker. <laughs> he would come to class and tell us stories and all that. So I'm like, hmm, this geography thing looks like something that's a little bit interesting that I can like put my mind into it and like have passion towards it if I want to. So I now decided that, you know what, um, I want to find out more things about this geography. So if um, studying it in the university means finding out more things about it, then why not? So I when filling my jam form. I thought geology is geography. Maybe it's the university name of geography. I don't know. That was exactly what I thought. So I put geology there without even thinking it through that I just put it there I swear I did not ask anybody no parents no school counselor no anybody I just put it there like me doing to be things that you yeah, I can handle myself so I did that got the admission first jam got everything entered the <laughs> entered the course and I'm like hmm it's not so different but I mean that it's not so similar but I mean we have put it is that we have put it let's just keep on doing it and that's it
0: Right, right. Kind of makes sense. Now, um, I think the next question would not be why you st- I think I'm now coming to that part of this interview where we talk about my name is Toby. So the question I would like to ask is when did you begin journaling? And then um, why did you begin journaling? And um what point? did you get to and you are like you wanted to make your journal public i can't think about doing that i can't imagine myself Mm -hmm. making i've been keeping a diary for many years now and i can't imagine myself bringing it out to the public diaries are meant to be private so what came over you Mm -hmm. to be what did you eat one single night (laughs) and then (laughs) you decided to make your journal public talk to me about that
1: Where my plenty wala? Do I need to eat something? (laughs) Do I need to eat one particular thing? Um. So when did I start journaling? Um. Okay. Before then, before the whole journaling thing, I've always been like deeply introspective. I mean, right from when this whole left hand thing was going on, I've always known that. Okay, fine i'm not i'm kind of different from a, a regular human being because i mean why would every other person be right-handed and me from somewhere is using my left hand you know and so i've always known that things that would um normal people would relate with i could not relate with it i had my own different way of doing different things i mean look at me by gaining food i've been a um, doing, okay, if I eat half, then my mom would say no, I'd we say yes, so I can and drop the food and all that. I was thinking like that when maybe my sister was ready thing, it was still maybe crying for food and stuff. So I knew that there was something different about me. I, d- I did not know what it was, but I had to like figure myself out, like, and I had to figure it out differently from the way the regular world operates because I knew I did not belong to whatever regular world there was, um, and on top of that, I knew I had issues. I mean, the left-handed on Godu, like it's it's physical. You can see it's come and right. I'm using my left left hand. You flog me, change to right hand. So that was something I knew, but I was also going through something internally. Um, in my mind I thought I've issues. I've like I've have, I have a problem. That was just it. Like me being different and all and like not being like this um very free and open child, you know, doing extracurricular activities in school. Maybe my sister would be doing cultural dance and stuff. They'll be like because I I would run away. There was one time I actually faked I actually faked injury. I was limping for no reason because I'm like, I cannot do this cultural dance thing. Like I I've not even tried it like the fear of like coming to like do things in the open I was not like a very free child so that bothered me a lot I thought I had issues um, I I lived with it for a long while until maybe I think after secondary school I started like I stumbled into a post that talked about being introverted and I read about it and um, this person talked about um, quiet power how introverts are different but then like they have a way they, are, they they put the difference into their to their own advantage and it becomes their own personal power and I read about it and I see the difference between introversion and shyness where how being introvert is like not a bad thing but shyness you can overcome and Um, also the thing with social anxiety, you know, and how to deal with things like that. So I started figuring out myself. So I think it's at this point I started journaling, you know, trying to journal and figure myself out, go through the day and write about my day. It helps me because I I was not expressive. So I, I felt like writing on my book was, was, um, going to help me like figure myself out so i journaled a lot in fact one of my journals i lost it and i'm scared that whoever picks it up yeah whoever picks it up i don't know i don't know what they're going to do with the book i I actually lost the book and that is one thing you should never never lose your journal so um but then i started another one but then i knew the person i wanted to be I I knew um, the person I was writing in journals and stuff. I know at least I've come along with figuring out that I was introverted and like trying to do things for myself, but I knew that if I wanted to get to where I wanted to be, I still needed to do more. I needed to be more expressive. It was the expression for me. And I think that was, I, for for some time I, I i wanted to say i hated myself but hate is a strong word i did not like myself i did not like the person i was i wanted to be more you know and it was not as if i would look at somebody and say i want to be like this person no i look within and i like i know who i want myself to be so and i knew that i i had to be expressive i maybe things i wanted to do in life like i wanted to help people so how would you even reach out to the people when like you're not the kind of person that talks to people, that kind of thing? So I needed to like loosen up a little and then know how to like um achieve things I wanted for my life. That was when I knew that What's the whole process, what's the whole aim of writing in a journal? That you write this, this thing, you, you don't want somebody to look at it and then you cover like it's your precious book, nobody ever looks at it, you're guarding this thing with your life. For what reason, really? So whatever it is, you're scared that if somebody sees this thing, something would happen. So like this book or whatever stories you're writing inside have power over you. Like there are these things that they shake you. If you're sleeping in the night, you remember, oh, my journal is open. You have to wake up and go close it. Like there's something that is always keeping you on your toes agitated. And that didn't make sense to me. I'm like, why should stories have power over me? I know stories. And it was at that point, I knew that stories had power. But then the power they had, should not be like power over me i should be able to control um whatever narrative it is you know the the story should be able to do something apart from have power over me should like the power should be to change the world or something and i knew that i mean what is really personal but i mean they're personal but what is really secret about it because i noticed we're all going through the same processes in life you know, when people open up and you're like, oh, this is me, I'm like going through this thing too. But then we think we're in our own little bubble and we think we're the only ones going through the things we're going through until we hear other people's stories. And we see that, oh, I mean, it's as if they wrote the same manual, the same manual for all of us. And like we're following it just that we're just all into ourselves thinking, oh, it's only me. But then you share it and you see, oh, it's only you. And maybe it's it's like there are 10,000 of you and you guys can like help each other form this community or support group to help each other grow. When I was figuring myself out as like this whole introvert thing and like somebody that has anxiety a lot, you know, then I would now, it was this Susan Kane person that wrote that book, The Power of an Introvert. She had a blog and the blog had this community section where fellow introverts to come and tell their story. If somebody will come and write how their day went. And it's like, oh, this is how my day went too. So I mean, somebody will come and talk about how they were scared of this thing, but they overcame it. And you're like, yo, this is me. If this person could overcome it, maybe I can too. Um then the funniest one was now having Facebook groups, Facebook groups, um, somebody, I think one of the groups, introvert problems, one, anxiety issues, something like that. And then they share the funniest thing there. So something that is maybe. Literally a problem, something you're trying to like a problem you're trying to solve in your life, and you see somebody making memes and jokes about them, and then you laugh at yourself and you laugh at the whole situation, and you're like eh, and then you figure out that it's not that deep, it's not that serious. I mean, um, I I think that I decided you I I have to like share my story, you know, I I I started talking about it out like talk to people anybody that cared to listen and all that the whole idea of like the podcast was it was day. I was doing birthday I don't know what to do in my birthday <laughs> I don't know what to do in my birthday and it was last year COVID we're still not sure if COVID nineteen, this COVID nineteen thing, if it was going away, so I'm like, what can I do that doesn't involve maybe going outside and being social? So I thought, hmm, this podcasting may be a good idea, and then what best to talk about that myself? So I just started talking about it, and um, I mean, it's been fun. I enjoy talking about. Uh, my stories I enjoy expressing myself because deep down that is what it is to me self-expression and um, I love that people have been able to benefit you know I've had guests on my podcast I'll be like oh I want to be on your podcast because I hear you tell your stories and I want to tell mine too like cool good for you I mean and I always even if like you don't have the courage to like maybe come on the podcast to talk don't allow stories to have power over you. I mean, what's that that maybe you're thinking, oh, nobody should see this thing. I mean, it's fine if you're not comfortable enough, but just know that, or even if like you don't want this, you don't. You, I mean, you don't want to share because it's nobody's um, business, but then like make sure that your stories are your stories. Tell them and control your own narrative and not somebody now coming to like change the story and say nasty things about you and they are not true. So you just... Um, when you tell the story, you 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 tell your truth, and then you live your truth, and you live unapologetically. You don't have to explain anything to anybody. I mean, so right. that's that about that.
0: Right. So I keep a diary. And for me, I like my diary is like already kind of lengthy, almost like two times a novel or something. And I have people <laughs> like <laughs> the only people that will ever read that diary are my children and probably my spouse and maybe 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 it will turn out to become maybe an autobiography without all the details and the rest but your points are really interesting but it leads me to my next question how vulnerable are you like is there something that had happened in the past or something that is currently happening or something that might happen in the future and you are like no i'm not going to say this or i'm not going to say this now And then the addendum to that question would be that, do or does your parents listen to your podcast? And then secondly, do you think like your close friends listen to your podcast? And do you have any, do you ever reason and like, oh, this close person, I really do not want him or her to know this part of who I am, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, to start from the first one, are there things that that I'm like, oh, I don't want to say this in on my podcast. Yes, but is I don't want to say it yet. So now, because I say um, I'm working towards like being the most expressive I can be of myself. So I mean, like, there are some things that would happen. I'm like, yo, I'm not comfortable sharing this thing yet. But then I know I have to like work on myself to get to a point where I'm now comfortable with this thing. I'm not comfortable with this aspect of me. I've accepted this thing that happened to me and then um I'm not comfortable enough to share it. So me, when something happens, I'm like, I'm not going to share this thing. It's just a matter of time. It's, it's yet, there's always a yet. I'm not going to share it yet. But once I'm comfortable, once I've dealt with the things I need to deal with internally, I'm like, yo, I'm ready to go, like everybody can hear it, you know, that kind of thing. So um about about thinking, oh, some people listen to this, and then I don't want them to hear this aspect of me. That's that's the whole idea of starting the podcast in the first place because I don't want it to be like I don't want maybe anybody or anything to to decide for myself what I want to be comfortable with. It's all about me. It's only myself I ask. Once I ask myself that, oh um am i comfortable with this and i go share it after sharing it if maybe that person listens to it and they're not comfortable with it maybe later i will not talk about it later but have i shared it yes i have (laughs) so um my parents i my mom doesn't listen i don't think so she's not so much of a social media person my dad i would never know like i said um maybe growing up where he was this kind of person that kept him he doesn't talk so maybe he listens to you but i will not know he will not come and ask me so i know i post like my links on facebook and stuff and he's very active on facebook and i think once or twice he has liked the post so i think maybe he must have clicked on the link i don't know he did not tell me i did not ask him (laughs) so but i so maybe he has listened maybe he has not it's a 50 50 thing my mom i know maybe i would I'm ninety percent sure she has not listened. Maybe that there's a ten percent chance she has listened. I don't know, but uh, that is what it is. There are some things I've said that I know if they listen, they're going to be they're not going to be comfortable listening to it. But sure, I've done it. Is I've done it. If they now want to like talk to me about it, let them come. Let's talk. <laughs> but if um, my mom has not listened, good for her. If my dad has listened, and she's like, he's like, oh, this thing she does not know how to talk about oh, he does not want to like address it. No while like, I keep doing my thing. So that's the thing. And the thing, is, you know, when I said I did not even go and say, oh, mommy and daddy, I'm starting podcast. No, I just started my thing. And um I've I've been doing it. If they now feel oh, let's talk to Toby about this thing. No I'll, I'm not going to like tell them, Oh, I'm going to talk about this on my podcast. No. I mean, if they listen to it, fine if they don't, no Allah. just it
0: right now before we talk about marriage which is something that came up again and again in your podcast episode i listen to many of your episodes (laughs) (laughs) but before we talk about that um you've mentioned something like two or three times now and that is social anxiety and so it makes me wonder are you someone who you i know you've also mentioned that you are kind of introverted what's that dynamic with you about um keeping friends do you have friends do you do you socialize do you go out are you kind of a miss between oh introvert but if i want to be extrovert i can't be extra, extrovert how is it for you
1: so here's the thing in fact it was day before yesterday i was with some people and um i'm talking and i go something like i'm into this is life i go "Oh." Because I'm an introvert, they say stop, you're not an introvert. I'm like, ha. Ah. So if it's me that we say what I am, they say no, you're not. I'm like, no, well, let's let's not argue. So now here's the thing. So when people think, oh, introverts are quiet people, yes, they can be. People that do not talk to anybody, they can be. But now another striking attribute about introverts is that um Another striking attribute about introverts is that they are very they are good listeners and people love to talk. So now when you're talking and you feel like somebody is listening to you, now you feel that person is your friend. Now introverts are empaths. They they know they feel people's pain. Like they are they, they are full of compassion to be um to receive people when they're feeling whatever it is they're feeling. So when, like, um, you're an introvert and you see yourself, like, checking on people, you're you're reaching out to them and you're like, hey, how you doing? You had a bad day. Come, let me be, maybe, the come, let me listen to you. Come, let me be the shoulder that you can cry on and all that. And then people see you and they gravitate towards you. They move towards you because they find a friend in you and for the introvert it can even be confusing because you know you don't like people like you know you know like you people can stress you out you know that um even maybe talking too much you don't like talking and all that but then you know you actually care <laughs> so you're like you hate people and love them at the same time so that's the same way it is introverts uh, people tend to draw to introverts so i know that maybe um people i have friends so many friends and they're the ones that draw to me because they feel, oh, Toby's a nice person. I can be her friend. And it's crazy because in my house, I'm the only person that has like, maybe brought my friends over to sleep over. And it's strange. My parents will be like, yo, they, they do nothing again. Like Toby, they know Toby's friends are always coming to sleep over. All my roommates have come to sleep over, my friends, everybody, you know, they come to our house and they visit and it's fine. Because I'm like, yo, why not? I'm very receptive. So in that way, I have friends really Good friends, and in some ways, I'm also the one that reaches out. You know, I reach out to people when I find something interesting about them. So, introverts love um deep, meaningful conversations. It's not nice if they don't like conversation, but if you're like having small talk, talking uh, talking about the weather, who cares about the weather? But then, if they're like some deep, meaningful conversations, or there are some things that are intriguing, you see it's even the person that is reaching out to. So there's some people I've reached out to, I'm like, yo, um. Maybe you made this presentation. I love it. I reach out to you. There is one my new friend I made this week. Um, I saw a flyer. Somebody is doing is running a waste management private company in my area, and it was so amazing because waste is like a big deal. Um, Would we'll put out. Would we'll have this government Aswama they don't come on time to like dispose the waste you now see the waste piling up but then somebody has taken the initiative to like start a company that will do it faster and better so I, just flyer i reached out i called the company the, i call the number on the flyer and i'm like hey what's up i saw what you're doing i want to talk like so the person is the one doing you yeah, are you okay how do you just reach out to people but that is just it so when something interests me i reach out to people i reach out to people when um people think that maybe i can listen to them or i can Give them some sort of comfort they draw to me so i have friends you know i'm like that introvert i have, I have plenty of friends sometimes it's difficult to keep up when i cannot keep up they're like are we quarreling but yeah it happens like that and um was there a second question i don't think there no, no,
0: there's no second question but the second question will definitely come now so what do you <laughs> now? <laughs> what do you now mean by social anxiety what does it really mean
1: yeah mm social anxiety anxiety basically you know is um having this feeling of like constant worry constant aching constant um i think it's better from overthinking i think a lot so when when you just think that something like i told you maybe you're in, in the middle of a good time so for you to be like having a good you're thinking oh what's the worst that can happen you know you've not um that's like general anxiety about anything you can just be anxious of anything before a presentation i mean that one is normal maybe some people get anxious before like presentations but for like people that have like real anxiety it even goes from like a feeling to something physical you see them they start having like physical tummy pain tummy bites, or maybe their hands literally are aching or even chest pain like this one is not just oh I um as some sort of emotional feeling or anything. It's not a physical chest pain because they are they're, they are literally like being anxious about one thing or the other. Social anxiety is um being anxious about maybe um, you know, when they say being social, talking to people and maybe meeting people for the first time and all that. So I'm that person. Like I say, it's easier for me to have new friends because it's the people that draw towards me. But if it's to make the first move, Jesus, my anxiety will not let me, especially if it's physical. So the instances I gave you that, oh, I reached out to this person, it's over the phone. That screen is always there to make it Um, easier. Maybe if it's through WhatsApp, yes, we can always like fake our way through social media and the virtual world. But when it comes to like physical inter- interaction, like my social anxiety is at its peak, you know, for some people, even for the virtual interaction, it like gets worse. They can't even reach out to anybody. And um, yeah, it is what it is really. So when people would now see you and be like, ah, oh, she no, shouldn't talk to anybody, she's a snob. I'm like, you, I'm not snobby, I'm like having, I, mean, I, I just have this fear that I do not know what to expect when reaching out to you, so I just don't go. But if you come to me, just, just start the conversation, I'll take, I'll take over, Like, but just start it, just say hi first. Like I know everyone that's into it, like to keep the conversation going, but to make that first step, you know, my social anxiety is at its peak. Like I don't know how to do that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right now, um, uh, there are so many episodes I probably can't talk about, but there's one of your um podcast episodes that kind of stuck with me. I can't take that expression or that phrase away from my mind, and that
1: phrase is there:
0: kissing skin, like uh, it's it just. Does- <laughs> yeah the taste, taste of,
1: of skin, skin
0: sorry yeah that, it's, not, <laughs> it's not even the it's not even the the content per se even though the content is very livid. it's just that yeah. phrase that phrase yeah taste of skin i can't get it yeah. out of my head something i want to ask you about concerning that episode yeah. is this You said when you talked about the first part, which was what you called kiss rape or something. Yeah. You said something that you were trying to tell yourself it never happened.
1: Was this just
0: a single act or Toby is someone who tries to bend reality to conform to what she really wants it to be? That's the first part of the question. I don't know why my questions are having so many parts in this episode. Yeah. But you just have to just bear with me. Now, the second part of the question is that after that period, aside the fact that you were trying to tell yourself that, oh, it never happened, did it affect yeah. you in any way? Like, did you ever see, you did not mention in the episode whether you ever saw the guy. Did he try to explain? Did you try to think of talking to someone? Were you able to still go about your, your normal daily um, life on campus? let's just explore yeah. that that story
1: yeah yeah so because now i mean like you said it happened and i told myself it never happened so i erased that memory from my head and i like, i went i went about my normal life <laughs> went about my freaking normal life and i'm like doing normal things normal people should do but i mean I, like i like like you said it was like erasing a part of you that Maybe because you think it's an unpleasant experience, so you want to pretend it never happened, but then it happened, so why deny it? And I think that's why, um, if, why, um, I, when you ask me, oh, there's some things you would not talk about on this podcast, I'm like, no, it's just a matter of time. But I would still like walk my way. I would try to never be that person that denies any experience. You know, I feel, I feel the most, you know, people like stress about self-love a lot that, oh, you have to love yourself at all times, blah, 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 and all that. Um, total self-love is a myth to me. I think, um, the better one is self-acceptance because you have to accept every part of you we like every human being. We have this part of us that is like the sweet parts we want people to see. Like the ones we now not going right in our journal that we don't want anybody to see is like the parts we think, oh, they're the terrible parts, they're the ugly part of us. But we're, we're, we've, we've not yet accepted ourselves that you, every part of you is still you. You know, people say, Oh, the real me and the fake me. There's no real you and fake you. You is you. Every part of you is you. So like accepting everything that has happened to you is like a big step in everything. So um I I I've I've through that experience, I've learned that you accept like the times I love myself. You no know, wallah. The day I'm feeling you, I don't even like myself at this point. Like what well maybe I'm angry at myself. Or, or maybe I don't even understand myself. I know that all of them are all parts of me and I'm living with myself. I accept myself. I that is that is the, will I say the profound one? Something like major that happened. But I why I was even able to pull that through to do you know what? I'm canceling this experience from my head is because I think I've even always been doing that. Anything that I do, I don't like. That is not, that doesn't portray the Toby that knows how to be a good, a good everything. Maybe one part where I did something, but I cancel it. I'm like, yo, that never happened in my head. (laughs) So after that, and maybe the second case. happened i'm like you know what, what what's the point you know i'm just going to accept everything i think that's the point where i accepted every part of me anything that may have happened in the past i i'm like yo this is not the real me so i might as well deny it as like not me at all let me just accept every part of me like that so yeah um and that's what has helped me to live my truth so far and i know so far everything i've said on my podcast i think that my my podcast is like a space where um i've never told a lie on i don't think i would ever really tell a lie on my podcast um like i said maybe it may not be the whole truth at the point but later when i'm comfortable telling like that part it's so funny where maybe some somebody will ask me something in real life i would literally lie to the person <laughs> in real life they'll come on my podcast and say the truth <laughs> And it's, it's so weird. And I'm like, yo, I know if this person is listening to my podcast, they'll be like, yo, so this person lied to me initially. But I mean, it is what it is, creating this space where I'm like, you know what? You're doing this. It's very difficult to tell the truth. That's why I think human beings lie a lot. So having to like put myself in that space that, um, the most important thing for me is to tell myself the truth, even if I don't tell it to anybody, but to tell it to myself and like never lie to myself. So that's it.
0: Yeah, so you mentioned something that sometimes you would always tell the truth on the podcast and um, Mm -hmm. maybe you wouldn't say everything at a particular point in time, but you would always tell the truth. And um, I feel like that second part of
1: that podcast
0: episode, you did not complete the story. or It kind of felt like that to me because after we got to the end of that episode, I'm like, okay, so what happened to... What happened to the relationship between you and the guy? Yeah. Did it end, yes. uh, was yes. it abrupt? Um yes. have you gotten to a place where you want to talk about it right now on this podcast episode?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Dario, what is it? <laughs> yes. So now and the, um why I did not the truth is I did not tell like the way you're asking me now one of my friends he, he finished listening to that episode and he came back to my DM. He's like, yo, this story is not complete. I'm like, I'm going to complete it for you. And I, when I, I, I sent him like his own personal audio, it was like one hour, one extra hour, apart, <laughs> apart from like the one I've already like, tried to like summarize on the podcast Then His story is plenty. And so for that one, I'm like, no it's, it's too long really. Um so I, and I think I want to leave it at that. I still it's, it's too long a like, Let's not go into that. Let, now. Let's
0: yeah, take a brief start. version Trailer, trailer, trailer.
1: <laughs> 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 uh so the one with the other guy, I said something like we work together. Did you hear that?
0: Yes, I did. Virtually.
1: Yeah, that we work together now. Even yeah, virtually, yeah, we work together now, virtually, and um, yeah, we talk. We've never um we've never talked about then like what happened then we've never addressed it so when we found out that we're working together again we just like started from oh face work always discuss work and all that I never talked about how close we were before and maybe things that happened and how how I would I would call it a relationship for lack of a better word how the relationship just um ended without even starting, you know, and not, not even on a very good note. I think we we shall coil small. <laughs> yeah, we, we never both of us never talked about it. I and now the thing is, I thought he did not listen I, I did not know he listened to my podcast you know until there was one time I did something on my whatsapp status I was asking questions then I I asked something like oh have you listened to my podcast and people were answering yes no yes no and then he said yes I'm like "Hmm, you listen I didn't know but then I, I was not brave enough to ask him did you listen to that particular episode maybe he did maybe he did not but we've never talked about it so yeah yeah that is that is just what it is I I know there are some details but then I'll have to go and listen to that um, episode again and to now know what details I left out and the ones maybe I would I would I would tell them to you later. But the thing is, that, like they are not top of my head right now to be in this podcast episode. So yeah, all
0: right, makes sense. Um, definitely we spent so long, yeah. much time on this episode. So I would not even try to dig once in that part. I'm going to let it be. But I want yeah. to talk before we close this uh, podcast episode. Um, there's also something that's kind of recurrent in your podcast episode. I think I listened to now the truth is I listened to many episodes. That I can't remember the specific um title of the of the episode, but like yeah. different episodes. There was one episode yeah. you talked about the fact that at a point you did not feel like you wanted to marry. And then there was another episode yeah. that oh now I'm now considering it. Probably me. Now my own question, the question that would yeah. pop in my head as someone that asked so many questions, I'm sure you must have figured out by now, is that what changed yeah. between, I really do not want to. In fact, I think the first question would be, where did you come to that point where you're like, I, I don't think I'm interested. Then the next question would be, what change that make you now like, oh, maybe I'll consider it. And as that position changed again?
1: What made me decide, you know what, this marriage thing I'm not doing was. <laughs> and the, 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 very, the very foolish thing. No, it's not foolish, but it was that I made that decision at five. I was five years old. Five freaking, you know what, this thing, I'm not doing it. To make that kind of decision. And somebody like me that is very opinionated, I'm like, if I say something, I stick with it. So I like to stop with it for like a long while. You know, so what made me decide is that. I mean, what that I, I saw, I saw the way my parents lived. I saw like other families around me. There was nothing extra about the idea of being married, apart from yes, you had kids and um, you had to like make sure your kids eat food. They, they work lot, They go to school. You you go to work, and I mean, you could do it, it. there were basic things anybody could do without like being in that bond of marriage. So what was the thing about marriage itself? I there was nothing really. There was nothing. Um, anybody could feed anybody, give them clothes, make them go to school. Anybody could. Um, anybody could um, get go to work and do their work and do anything. So why did two people have to like decide to come together to live in the same house and be doing those things? I did not understand it. That the idea of marriage, it did not make sense to me. I did not feel marriage had a positive. Like it had something extra to, have to, to add to people's lives. If anything, it had things to take away. You know, you'd see people sacrifice things. You would see um, people sacrifice dreams and other things they wanted to do. Or maybe because they they have children, they cannot do things. So if anything, marriage takes away from people. At its best, it's just there. You know, maybe it doesn't take away anything from you, but it doesn't also add to you. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, fine. Let's say the best marriage could give is just there, like nothing extra, like nothing at all. It doesn't take away from you, it doesn't give you. So I mean, why why do it? Why why settle for just there? So just there didn't make sense to me. So I wasn't having it. I was not going to take just there. So I'm not doing marriage at all. And these thoughts were coming at five freaking years old. Um, So I lived with it quite some time, you know. I changed my mind in my final year, first semester. Begin of final So I lived with this thought for like how many years? 18 years at beginning. I don't even know. So what even made me change my um change my thoughts? I was having a discussion with somebody, and um now I was not becoming this person. I was becoming more open-minded, more um, yeah, it's open-minded, more free, more open to new things. I was loosening up, I was being more expressive. So and I was thinking, why, why am I still holding on to this thing? And I talked to a friend. He's like, yo, why did you even like make this decision in the first place? And why cancel something when you've not tried it? And I'm like, yo, Toby, that's not you. Like, that is exactly not me. Especially when I, I used to tell myself that I'm adventurous with food that I eat anything that I cannot say, oh, I don't eat this food and I've not tried it. So it's when I eat it, I'm like, oh, this thing is not good. Then I know I'm not going to take it again. But like, I like, I love trying new food. So I'm the adventurer. I'm like the person that doesn't cancel things before trying them or without giving them an opportunity. So why why did I have to cancel marriage first before? Like, and it's like serious canceling. <laughs> so like this friend talked to me and he's like, okay, fine, the canceling it. I mean, why should you? Okay, at best, don't close your door, like totally towards it. Leave a little window open, you know, still be open to the idea. And that made a lot of sense. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to listen to you. So what I'm going to do is that I'm not going to say this, I'm never doing it again. Never say Never what i'm going to do is that i'm going to be like okay fine you know what i'm open if it happens fine if it doesn't happen better for me but i'm no longer going to be at a point where i'm like you know what i'm never doing this thing so that i'm still there (laughs) i'm still really there and i'm still yeah i'm still like i don't really send this marriage thing but i did not cancel it before they have canceled something so um let's let's be looking at the future right now
0: before i ask that final question i usually ask every guest. The thing is that there is a possibility for marriage. I guess, like the question, your listeners—yeah,
1: possibility,
0: yes. Right. So the the questions your listeners will want to have answered to is that: Are you currently in a relationship? No,
1: I'm not.
0: All right. So because then that would now mean that. So any male listeners listening to you have an idea of what they are up to and if they want to shoot shots they know how to shoot the shots that would be the
1: no
0: no it's just like logic i'm just being logical here so there's a possibility for marriage you are not correctly in a relationship so it then means that anybody mm-hmm. that wants to shoot shots has the at least some probability that i can score a goal Is that correct?
1: It's not that that easy, but they they should they should do they should do their thing. They should do what they like.
0: All right. Makes sense. (laughs) Last question. What's your like if I if definitely it's your it's your podcast, I hand over the mic to you and I'm like, what do you have for your listeners who have been listening to you for all this? Why? What do you have to say to them?
1: I don't know. Do I need to tell them anything? (laughs) I mean, all the things I've been saying Since they should pick one thing from there and listen. I, I don't know, they should pick anything they want to pick. And the only thing I, I, I would just beg them to be listening to this podcast, you know? That's Jonathan. My audience, tough love, very tough people. They give me tough time here. You know, some days they just listen. I just see, oh, people have listened to the podcast. Very amazing reception, you know. Other days I'm like, nobody is listening. I'm like, what is wrong with these people? You know, (laughs) maybe sometimes they want me to come and beg them. Sometimes they want, it's fine. We're used to it. It's tough love. So they should do their thing. And um, yeah, everything I've said, they should pick one, (laughs) you know. Pick one thing and take out of the conversation. Anything you want to pick, pick.
0: Right. So there are like a thousand and one other questions I would love to ask. But it's, It's been a pleasure speaking to you. I kind of enjoy speaking to you and really appreciate you for bringing me on your podcast to talk with you. I do not take it for granted. Thanks a lot.